From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. New data has shown a small dip in both medical and surgical abortions in Australia during 2020, coinciding with the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. And while there are some positive readings of this, such as the suggestion that telehealth has enabled more comprehensive access to contraception, there's also concerns about women who might be slipping through the cracks when it comes to accessing care. This episode, we are joined by clinical reporter Ruby Prosser-Scully to talk about the changes to women's health access during the pandemic and whether telehealth has improved or further choked timely access to women's health services. Ruby, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Francine. So recently you published a story on the Medical Republic about a drop in both medical and surgical abortions in the last year. And while it's not a big drop, why did this particular data catch your eye? So it was a bit of a surprise to see a drop in 2020, um, admittedly small, because there was a lot of concern last year that the pandemic would reduce access to contraceptives um, and possibly lead to more unprotected sex. There was concerns around domestic violence and reproductive coercion. So I guess I was sort of waiting, and I think a a lot of um, experts in the women and reproductive health uh, area were anticipating in a worst case scenario that we might actually see an increase in abortions over that period. But yeah, the the other, I guess, interesting thing about it as well is that um, what we have seen since the introduction of medical uh, terminations is that as the interest and popularity in medical terminations has increased steadily since its introduction in 2006, that sort of coincided with this declining popularity of or interest in uptake in surgical abortions over that time. So this report from Family Planning New South Wales sort of shows that, you know, counter to the increase in medical terminations, in 2020 they also dipped a little bit. And so what do the numbers tell us? As I said, Family Planning New South Wales tracked the national medical and surgical termination rates over the last couple of decades. And they they used, they sort of looked uh, at the PBS and MBS data to do that. And this is an important report because it gives us a picture of what women have been doing since New South Wales and Queensland decriminalised the service and the Northern Territory, ACT and South Australia loosened their restrictions around abortions. And so um, what they found, as we noted earlier, is that medical abortions have been increasingly replacing surgical abortions as the method of choice. But their figures also suggest that abortion rates overall basically have plateaued since 2012. Um, To get into the nitty gritty of it, it shows that in 2006, around 17 of every 1,000 women of reproductive age um, accessed either surgical or medical abortions. By 2019, that had dropped to around 15. And in 2020, that had dropped even more to 12. Um, Looking at medical abortion specifically, we found that, yeah, they, as we said, they increased steadily um, and they've reached a high of around six per thousand women of reproductive age in 2019. And then last year, that's declined slightly to around five per 1,000 women. And that was a little bit surprising because in 2021, uh, one of the major abortion providers in Australia, Mary Stopes, 
actually reported that there was a 63% increase in the number of medical abortions provided through telemedicine. Uh, Evidently, that didn't mean that more women were accessing medical abortions overall, though. And so did the research team give an explanation of these shifts? The data doesn't give them an uh, avenue to sort of accurately say why any of these shifts have happened. And it's worth noting that the MBS and, and PBS data will inevitably really underestimate the true abortion numbers in Australia. Um, it's possible that there are a few that, that, that there were fewer unintended pregnancies in 2020. Uh, maybe people weren't able to access abortions in that year or, or over the pandemic. Uh, maybe more people chose to or were coerced into having those pregnancies when they might not have prior to the pandemic. There's a few different ways of reading this kind of information. In terms of those gaps in the MBS and PBS data, is that because... They could happen privately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and so uh, the MBS and PBS data, it, it sort of, to get into the weeds of it a little bit, there isn't necessarily any more MBS item numbers that say, you know, this is for a doctor providing, a, you know, a medical termination or a surgical termination. There's been a bit of changing of the language around that. If I cr- recall correctly, some of it's just about managing pregnancies or pregnancies that uh, haven't continued. So that might be including women who have had miscarriages and that kind of, you know, unintentional terminations. Uh, a few things are kind of lumped under the same item numbers. I, I think one of the ways that they've sort of tracked this in terms of uh, medical termination is that they look at uh, PBS data for uh, MS two-step. That's only used, that that combination of two pills is only used for medical terminations. So that's one way of sort of interpreting and estimating how many terminations are occurring. But um, again, that's sort of a limitation of the data is that that's not, you know, it's not fully accurately uh, representing how many terminations might occur in Australia. And some of that happens sort of privately as well. So that just might not be covered, that might not be captured at all in in easily uh, aggregated data. So at the start of the pandemic, telehealth was introduced and in its first form, it allowed all providers to offer bulk build consults to patients via the phone or via video. And this was a new frontier, particularly in women's health, because we know that there are so many geographical barriers for women, financial barriers, particularly in rural and remote areas where seeking sexual and reproductive health consults is actually quite challenging. So that was, you know, a real highlight for some time. But then a few months later, the government decided to restrict the items. And they did this by introducing the existing relationship rule, which basically stipulated that patients had to have had at least, you know, one face-to-face attendance with the doctor or the practice in order to be able to access telehealth under Medicare. And this was lobbied for by a few different colleges, particularly the RACGP, and it was to stop these startup or pop-up providers, which were, you know, the online clinics that were offering, uh, you know, quick GP consults and were suddenly able to market themselves to a much wider audience because they could offer their patients the service under a Medicare rebate. But Obviously, the wording suddenly excluded all these women's health providers, which had actually benefited from these initial changes to telehealth. And of course, with border closures, this 
exacerbated the issue further. How did this play out, Ruby? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see how it was a well-intentioned call to sort of restrict this ballooning uh, cost of telehealth, but uh, there was a huge backlash from, you know, abortion providers, uh, you know, women's health groups, and a lot of consternation that things like uh, long-acting reversible contraception and, you know, things like PrEP. I, I know ASHAM and other sort of sexual health groups were concerned about, you know, the sexual health, STI management, that kind of thing. And obviously, you know, if you're seeking long-acting reversible contraception or an abortion, you're not going to be you don't ha- typically have a pre-existing relationship with any of these providers because they often happen through specialised clinics. And, you know, one of the big uh, barriers to access for terminations and one of the, the big things that uh, people, the advocates in this space are hoping to overcome is that n- not enough GPs currently do offer medical terminations. And so that uh, that would be great if people could go to their regular GP clinic to get that done. But that's sort of, that is one of the barriers to access at the moment. So yeah, I mean, again, there was that big increase in telehealth abortion after the telehealth uh, MBS item numbers were instigated and, and a lot of concern that that was going to be sort of ripped away when they were pulled. But Fortunately, yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) So, yes, the items were recently reinstated in a way that allows these women's health services to operate but still manages to restrict access, obviously, to the pop-up clinics that the government was concerned about in the first place. Exactly, yeah. But in a lot of ways, this fight and the need to lobby for these items to be reinstated really highlights the challenges already present for women accessing an abortion in Australia, particularly rural and remote areas, or even just access to affordable women's health care when they need it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, the pandemic did amplify these existing, you know, overlapping disadvantages that certain women faced. I mean, th- there were certain things like Mary Stopes in June this year shut its regional Queensland clinics, sort of saying that, you know, there were financial factors that led to that not being viable anymore. And that, you know, leaves people in a large swath of the state unable to sort of easily and at least in person kind of access those services. On top of that, you know, you have some stipulations that people need to be uh, within a certain, um, in some states and some regions, within a certain proximity to a hospital if they want to access medical terminations just in case something goes wrong. And again, you know, that might not be feasible for people who live, you know, four to five hours away from the nearest hospital. And unfortunately, you do also have those other overlapping factors which haven't been alleviated by the pandemic and have probably been exacerbated, like, you know, family violence and reproductive coercion and financial precarity, which, you know, may be linked to an increase in unintended pregnancies. So people losing their jobs may find that they have more financial barriers to accessing abortion, which is already, you know, maybe $500 to get that via a private clinic to get a surgical abortion or a medical abortion. If you've lost your job thanks to the pandemic, that's just one of another, you know, barrier that might lead to you having a pregnancy that you might not have wanted to have in the first place. And we know that it doesn't just come down to access to abortion because there's countless women's health services that 
have either been put on hold or have become harder to access in the pandemic anyway uh, due to, you know, reduced service provision. Exactly. I mean, you know, there was, uh, for a period, uh, PPE was restricted to only certain medical and healthcare providers. And I think that uh, abortion clinics weren't, or, you know, reproductive health clinics weren't the recipients of that. So, you know, they, for a period, may not, may have had to sort of shut, shut their doors to people. Um, You know, on top of that, temporary visa holders, you know, students, international students weren't receiving government, um, you know, government funding, any sort of government financial assistance. And again, as we said, you know, um, even if you do have access to uh, abortions, the the actual cost of that can be quite prohibitive for people. So basically, it, it, it just serves to underscore that the unequal and shaky service provision for reproductive health has been long existing in Australia and the COVID pandemics really brought many of these issues to the fore. Ruby, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Great to be on. Before we go, don't forget that you can follow or subscribe to The Tea Room right now by searching for the show on the podcast player of your choice. You'll then be notified when a new episode becomes available. Catch you next time.